Halito, and welcome to Native Chalk Talk, a podcast by Natives for all. Here, we're keeping our Native ancestors' stories and history alive, while also sharing with you our Native cultures, traditions, and more. I'm Rachel Youngman, a Choctaw originally from Anadarko, Oklahoma. I hope you'll enjoy this journey with me as we learn from our Native American guests. And stay tuned for the end of each episode, where we'll talk about some great ways to support Native causes and or Native-owned businesses. Let's get started. Have you ever been to the San Diego Zoo? I once strolled through their wild animal park enjoying all the furry critters, but little did I know that for thousands of years, a people now known as the San Pascal Band of Kumeyaay Indians once lived just nearby. I can picture the families living their day-to-day, hunting, raising children, eating together, growing old together, generations and generations of story and history that most wouldn't even think about when visiting the area. But a change came about to this day-to-day in 1769, when the Spaniards arrived and established the Mission San Diego de Alcala. And so the people who had lived in the lands of their ancestors for many generations had to make a choice, either convert to Christianity or be forced out of their lands. As it often happens in these cases, eventually Spanish culture intertwined with the Kumeyaay ways. Then in 1821, the Mexican people won the battle with Spain for self-governance in the Mexican War of Independence and declared their lands the Republic of Mexico. The Cumyay, which include 81 men, women, and children, made their way back to San Pascual Valley. In 1833, the missions at Alta California were closed and pueblos were built for the Cumyay in order to rebuild their communities. One such pueblo was the San Pascual Pueblo, completed in November of 1835 along the Santa Isabel Creek, where you'll find Highway 78 today. But all did not remain peaceful, as in 1846, the United States declared war on Mexico, and we'll get into that more in just a bit. I'd like to introduce one of the few remaining San Pascual Band of Degano Mission Indians of California, which is a federally recognized tribe of the Kumeyaay people who are sometimes known as Mission Indians. Meet Chris Alvarado. This Kumeyaay has made it his mission to preserve a crucial piece of his tribe's culture, and he's here to share more. Chris, welcome to Native Chalk Talk. Thank you, Rachel. I'm very excited to be here. Absolutely. Now, you grew up on the San Pasquale Reservation, correct? I did. I grew up, I've uh, been here for 42 years, still live here, raised my uh, my kids and my wife, she's also here. Um, I always felt it was important to to keep that cultural perspective of the reservation. Um, I was here when there was no running water, was here when there was no electricity. Uh, so to see where it's at today, um, it, it's beautiful. Now, in those kinds of situations where you hear a lot of reservations not having running water, in your experience, how did y'all get water to your house? Um, a lot of containers, you know, you would hold it, especially those big blue jugs. Um, the yeah. tribe did a really good job, like in the 70s, um, to make sure like we had commodities from the federal government. So the families had food. Um, like the first of the month was always like Christmas, you know, uh, the commodities were coming. Who was going to trade? Um, <laughs> you know, just to, it, it was amazing growing up. You know, you didn't know better until later. Um, yeah. So uh, it, it's been amazing. So, you know, to put it in perspective, like the growth of our tribe, I remember seeing some old documents where I think our funding was like 77,000 a year, you know, for the whole tribe in the seventies from the government. Um, and now because of, you know, how we've grown and how we've invested and how we now have tribal casinos and other portfolios. Um, I want to say, you know, we have like a, over a hundred million dollars worth of a budget you know, to help with our tribe and our kids for college and language preservation, housing, water rights, you name it. So um, I really believe our ancestors, you know, we we are the answers to their prayers and, you know, yeah. I'm very happy that it's it's coming around. Yeah, definitely come a long way and to go from not having running water to having running water. As an example, I'm sure you're extremely grateful for things like water. 
Well, not so only that, you. you know, ice, <laughs> you know, ice. Oh my gosh. You, know, right? you take the things that are, that are, that are usually for granted, um, you know, we have septic systems, you know, we're cleaning water, um, you know, things that are from our cultural perspective that we're making sure are, are we being environmentally responsible with the land? Yeah, for sure. Thanks for sharing that with us. It's, it's, um, absolutely. I think a lot of people don't realize that some reservations still have some challenges and others have like yours come a long way. Um, but some will never understand or see that world. And it's good for us to hear that. Yeah. I'm glad you said that, Rachel. I mean, what, one of my goals is to hopefully see all the tribes unite. You know, we all have the same, we all went through the same thing, the same pain. And it would be amazing to see East coast to West coast. We unite on water rights. Because, you know, with all of our funding, who knows what we could invest, you know, in our own middle schools, our own pilot programs for college educations. And, you know, and one day, you know, before I leave this world, I hope I see the people of Hawaii get federally recognized. Um, you can kind of see what's happening right. in Lahaina right now um, because they don't have that federal recognition. Um, but land, it's tied to to the people. Without the people, you have no land. Without land, you have no people. So. Um, I look forward to that. I look forward to where every tribe has access to water at a bare minimum. For sure. Well, I feel like you're on a mission to do a hundred things. Why don't you just add that one more thing to your list? <laughs> it's fine. You don't need sleep, right? No, it's overrated. <laughs> so tell us more about the reservation. What was it like to grow up there? The reservation was amazing. Um, there was a lot of community. There was a lot of, I mean, sweat lodge was introduced to our, our family and songs and prayers. So as a very young kid, you know, you're sitting in a sweat lodge and you're just wondering, hey, why is it dark? Like, why are they singing? Hey, why are those rocks warm? What are they talking about? What is the northeast, west and south? And wait, why are there colors associated with it? You know, mm -hmm, what's mm -hmm. tobacco? What's um gopal what is you know you have different plants to teach you for different things and um you know as I look at back now being 42 years old what they were teaching you was you know how do you take care of yourself how do you talk to yourself how do you have respect for yourself how do you have respect for the rocks how do you have respect for the land um even to i remember picking willow with my uncles and aunts and my parents and They'd be like, hey, here's the tobacco. Don't, you know, put it in your right hand, um, not your left hand. You know, and, and you don't wonder about those things until you grow up, you know, you know, right hand is for that blessing, asking for permission. That's why you reach out and you say hello. Um, so when we picked that willow for the, the sweat lodges, they would always ask permission to even pick that. Or when we pick sage, they'd ask permission into the plant, like, hey, you know, we're gonna use you in this way in this good way i wish to ask permission to pick you a piece of you so it was really cool to see the the ideology growing up and how people talked um and because of that you know we we had a lot of respect for ourselves for our grandparents that cultural perspective was instilled with us so community there was gatherings there was always singing uh, we'd go to different tribes there's a lot of games called beyond games late at night is is a is a gambling game that we play but it's tied to our spirituality you build the bones um from coyote preferably um mm -hmm. out in, in the uh in arizona um, they'd use different bird bones uh, but it's a guessing game um so we would guess based upon what your family songs were um there was a white bone there was a black bone uh and you had to guess which hand it was in left or right or all hands to the left, all hands to the right, or all white in the towards the middle. And every time you guessed right, you would get a stick. And as soon as you got all the sticks, you would win. But back in those days, you know, they were betting for food. They were betting for decisions. Um, so, hmm. you know, you don't find that stuff out till later. Um, but what I found love with was the bird singing. I remember being a kid, like two, three, four, five, six, seven years old, and We'd have hot chocolate, but you'd have yeah. the men and women playing beyond in one corner and you'd have an old man, you know, probably 70s, 80s, and they'd just be singing away. And I'd be like, wow, that's so pretty. What is that? Um, and then my my mom would say, oh, those are bird songs. 
I'm like, whoa, that's wild. So going off the reservation, you were just immersed in that culture of uh, what community was. And, you know, if you and I were in the car and we heard, you know, 50s music all our life, then we would hear that in our mind, right? We would yeah. hear it in our ear. Uh, we would recognize it. So as we grew up, you know, some of us started to remember those songs. And for me, I've always been an audio learner. So, you know, by the time I was 14, I knew like 30 songs. You know, of the bird so, songs? Yeah, just any songs generally. Wow. Um, yeah. You know, because they would, you know, each each round in a sweat lodge, you know, first round is for yourself. Second round, you know, is for um, the children. Third round's for the women. Fourth round, like they'd have different sweat leaders that have different rules. And there'd be songs that were offered um, for each. And usually there's four rounds, uh, four songs for each round. Um, so sometimes you'd be in there for a half hour, you know, they would open the door after every round, but you got to hear how different tribes had different songs and some yeah. of them were just beautiful the way they prayed. Um, and they stayed with me. Um, so a lot of my teachers saw that as I was growing up and, you know, when we had some passings, cause one of the things that when someone passed, you know, they do what's called a wake and what a wake is, is they have a mass all night. So when you pass, they come and another tribe comes and sings for you, for you all night, starting at sunset and they don't end to sunrise. So are um, you talking about like another whole different tribe comes in or is it like one of same the other tribe bands? within the tribe? So different okay. village, you know, the rule oh, is so um, that you don't sing for your own because you have to mourn. You have okay. to go through that pain. You have to sing and cry and dance. And it takes a whole year to go through that growth. Um, so you can't, you can't mourn and pray for yourself at the same time, you know, cause right. you have to cry. You have to feel it. You have, your soul has to go through it. Wow. And so, yeah. I mean, what a sense of community, even though, you know, different, different villages. No, or... You're absolutely right. Like that, it's a whole different respect of, you know, if yeah. you bury my own, I bury your own, you and I have a relationship forever. And beyond. And does, do you think that that was something going on at that time, like after different absolutely it tribes was, had it made was peace? The rule. Or... Yeah, no, it was the rule. So before colonization, that was the rule. We actually oh, had was. these okay. rocks. Um, they look like if you could think of like a penny, and it, the penny was a square with a hole in it. And so these rocks were for the men and women that knew these ways. And back then, you know, there was no horses. Yeah, you, you had to walk. You had runners. Um, right. so they would go to each village and they, they would present the rock and now those families knew that they were on their way to go bury someone. So wow. they would feed them and shelter them until wherever they had to get to. I love uh, this. Can we bring this back to like, just, well, it, it's still today <laughs> in today's sense, but that's why we created our archive for our songs because we've had over yeah. 6,000 songs, 20 different song cycles that tell the story of each piece of how someone passes and get goes home. But um, we're losing speakers. We're not gaining more speakers. You know, the kids yeah. aren't learning the, the songs and the elders that do know it, you know, you know, you have aunts and uncles and your parents, you know, that generation's in their seventies, you know, and there right, used to be 13 right. of them, but there's now, four or five and eventually yeah. in the next 10 years it's going to be one um and that doesn't include the digital age right right of you know how do we bring the old way with the new way so are there schools on the reservation and are they teaching the language at all they are i would say uh my tribe's doing an okay job at that you know we have um some some um kids programs we have, there's classes that are taught, I want to say like on Tuesday and Thursday, um, some big milestones, like we have our own Kumeyaay Community College, where kids can go and learn it. And there's an immersion group. Um, we're going to talk about today, my website, because that's the goal is, where can you go to be more native? There's nowhere to go to learn about yourself. You know, you can right. look it up, you know, as you mentioned in this interview, you know, they, they mentioned Digueño, but that's the Spanish term for my people. And it's as simple as this, hey, you know, you're you're the interviewee. You asked me, hey, who are you? I'm gonna say I'm a person. But the way it went back then in 1800, they're like, hey, who are you? You know, oh, ipai kumiai. 
I'm a person that lives near the coast. So, you or know, I'm the, the poor, son of, or yeah, the person, you know, you know so the, the person who wrote, writes it down goes, Oh, this is Ipai Kumiai, you know, and then they're going to say, Hey, Chris, who are those people that live below you? Oh, those are Deepai. Oh, Deepai, another tribe. But what right. they're not understanding from my perspective is I'm saying, No, those are the people that are below me. <laughs> so yeah. they classify, you know, the wrong terms because they don't know the language. Um, yeah. And now that we know our language, we're taught our language. So I'm one of the few that can read it, write it and sing it. Um, and there's a big misnomer, right? Like if I was like to go to you, hey, Rachel, you speak English? Yes. Oh, that means you're a doctor. You know, <laughs> you're, 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 you're a dentist. And that's just not true. Just because you know a language doesn't mean you know everything that belongs in that language. You sure. know, so um and and that's why my my gift is rare is because you know I'm not the marriage counselor who has been married. Like I went and learned all these songs the right way, the old way. And now that my teachers are all gone and they all gave me my blood the blessing before they passed, you're gonna see this new digital way. Cause now they gave it to me and now I get to do with what I want to do with it. Um, and, and leave it for the next person for when I'm gone, that I can have a conversation with them. Me and my brothers are very excited to, to be doing this work because, you know, we, we played the game. We went and got the bachelor's degree, the master's degree. So we're experts in the capitalistic world. You know, we grew up in our cultural perspective. We learned from our elders. We didn't get the degrees from our elders, you know, but. We, we got their knowledge that they wanted the future generations to have. So now we're public, publicly, you know, publishing it in a way that's it's academically acceptable and understood. Yeah. So the motto for us is we're not interested in what, you know, the West to East history. We're going to share with the world, the East to West. Show, see it from our eyes. And not only that, we're going to give you the song so that you, you can understand what we're saying. Because back then you called us savage. You called us people that were not um, baptized. But you had no idea that our songs were describing the constellations. The constellations mm -hmm. that you barely figured out now. In our songs, when we said everything was giant, you didn't believe us. But when you found the dinosaurs, then you believed us. Huh. You right. know? So um, I'm very excited in this world because, you know, TikTok, YouTube, they're, they're bringing the world together. And information can be shared instantly. Um, so we want to share our gift with the world. I love that. And it's a rarity. I realize that, you know, your tribe is more rare. What you're doing is more rare and preservation is so key in so many worlds, especially in mine and yours. So we definitely have that in common for sure. Absolutely. So listeners today, you'll learn about the history and stories of the Kumyai people, including Chris's ancestral stories. But first, as you know, Chris, and as mentioned, I'm big on preservation. So when I read about the good things you're doing in that world, I knew my guests would want to learn more. Tell us about this quest you've been working on a little more. How did you get started? No, I'm really, I'm really glad, glad you asked that question. Um, you know, the elders are, I want to say, smart and tricky at the same time. You know, I mentioned the sweat lodge and, you know, this is what you do with the rocks. This is what you do with the directions this is what you do with sage and they were planting all that knowledge in your mind and in your heart because one day you were going to need it and we didn't know you know so i was about i want to say seven or eight when there was the first death in my family and i remember the sweats that were happening i remember how they washed the body what um, minerals they used what plants they used and all the crying that was happening everything that I shared with you previously, like the men that came to sing. Um, and th there was two men, there was Jose Robles and Dale Phillip. And Jose Robles was a man that knew the Shaw songs and he was well-respected. If you went anywhere in Baja, San Diego, Arizona, you mentioned his name, they'd be like, oh yeah, that's that's that spiritual man that knows those songs and sings. Right. Um, and I remember them singing. I remember being at the wake. I remember a lot of cigarettes. I remember a lot of sage. I remember the men dancing forward and backwards and the women in front, how they went around the casket. And it was all night. And it was um, 
the most beautiful thing I saw. Like I could get teary eyed mm-hmm. just thinking about it. Um, and the songs they're beautiful little Shaw songs. And I remember having a conversation with my uncles and my dad and my mom, and I was just like, "What is this?" And, you know, they explained what I'm explaining to you, and I said, "Well, why do we do that? Like, why don't we just bury?" And they explained what I explained to you earlier. You know that we need to mourn and we need to go through this, and it's going to take one year, uh, for, for the person who passed in my family to get home. And there was also some rules there, like you don't mention the person's name because they don't know that they're going home. You don't call them. You don't have pictures. You don't. So there was like a lot of these, all these rules. And as we grew up, like we were like very scared of it. Like, don't do that. Do this. Don't do that. It can bring death to your family. You know, it's a lot of taboo, which, you know, I respect and, you know, I want to honor my teachers. And there's people that taught me that wanted it to remain 110% anonymous because they believe in that way. Um, Hmm. And that's okay, you know, to each their own, because when they grew up, it was much different. You know, it was, it wasn't fun during the the mission schools and, you know, wasn't cool to be Indian. They, you know, they would tease you. They don't want to talk about your language. So my, my elders kept it close because they wanted to know your heart before they shared it. Like, why would I give you this? What are you going to do with it to make profit, mm-hmm. um, to be something in charge of something that's not yours? You know, they, they, they want to see that time. So as I mentioned, you know, Jose Robles, Dale Phillips were there. And little did I know 30 years later that the, the young man that I saw there singing with the old man would be my teacher. He would no teach way. me the bird songs. So unfortunately, over 30 years, cousins pass, family, aunts, uncles, and this same man would come and sing. And I would stay and I would listen. And just like I was in the sweat, as my elders were teaching me then, listening to the songs, those songs stayed with me. But there was a few that I, I would go to sleep and I would see the singing. And then one of one of the dreams I had um, I had a dream and it made me cry. Like the song made me cry. So one time when he was out here, I asked him, I said, Hey, why, when you sing those songs, they all sound the same. There's seven of them. But, and this was at the time when my grandpa passed, uh, I said, I, I ball like a kid, like a baby. Right. Right. And he goes, that's funny. You say that he goes, those are the saddest songs that we have. It talks about, you know, uh, a woman that was traveling, bringing water to her children. And she didn't know she was dead. And hmm. she's just been in this loop of trying to get home. Oh and every time the, 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 the Oya, he said, would fall and the water would break. And she would say, you know, Matanya, good. Matanya, this land, I am far. I don't know where I'm at. Um, he's also, we use those seven songs when, we're singing someone home and we're finding the spirit world and they realize that they've passed and they can never go back to being human. And it's what they're going to miss, the feeling of the sun, the feeling of the what it is like to look at the moon and see that light, you know, the mm-hmm. first sunset, you know. Um, so he looked at me, he's like, you're feeling the songs. He's all, I want to talk to your uncles, you know, Sorry, right. and your dad, your mom. I don't know what he's talking about. I saw all of a sudden my uncles and my parents came to me. They're like, hey, uh, the man that you've been singing with, you know, when you help, he comes here, you help him. He wants to teach you, wants to teach all you guys. And so there was like six or seven of us um, that got taught. And he would come all the way from Arizona. He would come every week to come and sing and teach us. Uh, He'd tell us stories, uh, the songs. He wouldn't tell us all the stories. He'd he, he. he wanted us to wait. He even said like, Hey, we're not, sp- I'm not supposed to teach you. You guys are too young. You don't know what it is to take care of somebody. You don't know what it is to be married or have kids or a significant other. You don't know what it is to be last and feel first. He's also, these songs are going to bring out a lot, but you guys are too young to understand, you know, but if you stick right. with it, I'll teach you. Um, and little did I know, you know, that I would learn everything at the price of family members leaving this world and ultimately one day my teacher leaving and that's when i knew 
what it felt to sing the whole thing, you know, all 300 songs I know by heart. And people are always like, well, how do you know them? I said, because I remember every single person I sang for. And that's why me and my brothers have created what we created is we want our kids to endure that. Like, it's fine. You can go through that, but it shouldn't all be death. You shouldn't have to learn what was given us from the creator in, in a death setting. So they're not all death songs? No, this is actually our social songs that are okay. used at the funeral because we didn't we don't know the crook songs are death songs. We don't know mm. and there's no such thing as death in our language. Mm. You know, it's 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 like water, water's there, it evaporates. You don't see the water, right? Science tells you it's HTO, but it's there in the sky, right? Can't see it, can't feel it, but it's right. there. So for us, our songs are that, but when we describe it to people that only speak English, then in their mind, they'll say, oh, it's their death songs. Like, no, it's the next step of life. We're all promised this door, but this song describes that. This song describes that feeling. Like, for example, you've gone through this, you're now going home, you've passed, but what is... What is the next day going to be like? It's dark. It's quiet at three in the morning. You can't see. And then the first sunrise is going to come. You know, Sakwala, that that mark, mockingbird is going to sing that first sunset for you. You know, and that's what this, the, the mockingbird is singing. Want that sun to rise. The mockingbird is singing. For that sun to rise. Rise, rise, rise. So oh, so pretty. It's uh, They're gorgeous. They're beautiful. They, they'll bring tears to your eyes. But... You have to know the language. You have to find that teacher. So one day, you know, I won't be here. So it'd be a shame if I pass tomorrow. And I have all these songs in my mind. So I want kids in the future and even today, you know, go to a place so that they can learn it at their own pace. If they want to go to the funerals, beautiful. If you want to stay home while you're traveling or if you move off the reservation or you got to move to New York, you got to move international, you have access to this at all times. And Instead the future of just that, leaving it back on the reservation, leaving it everywhere, uh, because yeah. I also believe it belongs to everyone. Uh, we have a song cycle that we lost, but because of this gentleman who was doing work for university, he documented it. He stayed with us for like two years. He learned the songs, and then he ended up passing it on to the next generation. But he was a Caucasian man, hmm. um, but he he saved it for us. So so I believe in that kind of work that. It, it's time for our borders to come down and it's time for us to start sharing with the world what we were taught, but we didn't get a chance to share with them because they didn't take the time uh, to understand from our point of view. You know, they, they killed right. us. Right. I love so, that idea of, yeah. So know- in the end, our, what the world that my brothers and sisters are creating are those that are coming because one day I won't be here. And I never want my great, great, great grandkid to go, why didn't great, 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 great grandpa save it? You know, my ancestors, they didn't have access to reading or writing. They didn't have access to YouTube or TikTok. I have access and I could speak English and I have their the degrees. I've done everything that they have asked. So now it's, let me put it in a format for those that are coming. They can bring back everything. Such a great calling you have. And I'm so glad that you're putting this into a format that will be preserved. You're digitizing and sharing and not holding these so close to the vest that your great, great, great grandchildren can't hear these and learn them along the way. Hopefully they'll be passed down from you. Well, the goal is, you know, when I'm in that spirit world and I see that great, great, great grandkid, I'd be like, ah, you did good. (laughs) 300. (laughs) that's my goal is to see them that's awesome it's like you did it good job i love that absolutely 
Now, how how long are the songs? Let's talk a little bit about the songs themselves, just because I'm really curious as to how they, you know, typically within different tribes, there's kind of a format. There, there's a pattern, um, you know, depending on who you talk to, it'll always be different. You know, it's like splitting hairs. Um, so I learned from my teacher. So I sing it his way to honor him and his family. Um, so there'll be, there'll be, you know, you sing it a piece four times. So that's one. And then, you you know, why you me, you me. So that's one set. And you do that three more times. Right? So you do that four times. And then there's always a high part. And you go up with the rattle. Go back down. And then when you go down, you start rocking back and forth to go with the beat. And you start, you know, going forward, back and forth. Now, the back and forth. Um, what my teachers told me is when you're you're walking that spirit home and you're going to the spirit world, but you can't go forward. You can only go okay. a little bit because your body don't belong in there. And then you walk back while it stays there. You continue to walk it forward. Um, and then there'll be dancing, you know, uh, the men and women, you know, the men will, will hop and dance and they'll ha 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 ha, you know, like. Um, and song? that's to keep the coyote away from the heart. Um, can and you know I'll share in our creation story. Coyote stole the heart, you know. Um, so that's for that piece. Um, and the way the women uh, sing and honor us is that they, they dance with us. Um, some of them will dance and they'll hop back and forth with the beat. Um, and I'll share some videos too, so you can see. Uh, but it's it's beautiful. Like you're not gonna see. There's nothing more in my heart. Like I remember I was singing for for someone, and every tribe was there of our tribes. All the singers. There must have been thirty or forty singers, and I and I was leading it. And I remember when I was singing, and I was singing this song. It goes, I and all of them knew the song and i remember like when i got to the high part i just stopped because i wanted to hear how all my tribes and clans from all the different villages sounded as one and it was the most beautiful spiritual sound i've ever seen in my life goosebumps um, moment and and I hope people endure that. You know, I hope people when they hear these songs, it, it reaches them and you know helps them whatever they're going through. Um, because who knows, you know, my tribe could lose these songs one day and it could be another tribe that brings them back, you know. It could be someone from Africa or someone from the Middle East. I don't know, but that's the way this medicine works. You know, my goal is someone from Africa or Middle East or Greenland goes. Oh, birth songs. Yeah, they're from San Diego area. That would, that would be my dream. That's that's a great dream. And I can yes. see why you're wanting to preserve these. You mentioned the rattle. Are there other instruments used as well? Like the drum? Yeah, so we have different songs that have different instruments. Some of them um, will have like a wet drum. You know, we have different songs for that. Um, we didn't always have the rattle. We had a lot of clay. Uh, so our, our rattles were clay. Uh, we weren't introduced until farming, you know, to the colonization of that piece of it. Uh, then then in today's setting, it turned into um, to gourds. They got a nice okay. crisp clean. We use palm um, seeds. Um, you can use any seeds, but they sound a lot more nicer. Um, and I'll send you some pictures of some rattles. Great. So yeah. were these songs technically lost for a while? I mean, it they, sounds were. Like there were some elders carrying them on, but yeah, overall... there, there were some men that carried them on. 
um, my story is a little unique. You know, they, they'll tell you, hey, you know, um, women shouldn't sing, you know, uh, they, they, they create life. Uh, and, you know, for me, I believe everybody has access to it. And my teacher's actual teacher was actually a woman. So oh, really? if she didn't learn them, you know, her name was Lorraine Davis. I call her Miss Davis. Um, and I remember, you know, when my teacher passed, before he passed, he wanted me to preserve some tapes for him. So I did. I took some tapes and spent my own money. Um, and I remember him telling me, you know, 30 years ago, he was like, hey, when I learned, you know, Lorraine Davis, she would make me come over and I had to learn two songs, but I couldn't come back until I learned those two songs. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, yeah, you know, you hear the elders talk. Okay, you know. And then, you know, he wasn't doing too well. And I remember I didn't want any song to be lost. So when they transcribed the tape to digital, I made sure I listened to the original tape plus the digital so nothing got skipped. And as I'm listening to them, I can hear the conversation and her telling him like, Hey, you know, that's all we're going to do. You take those two songs from those tapes. You learn that come back. And wow. I remember getting kind of teary eyes. Like, yeah, hey, what a beautiful thing. So I got the idea, like, how can my kids hear this when I'm gone? You know? Yes. You know, exactly. How can they hear it? So I, I, I told him, I said, I said, Hey, this is what I'm going to do. You, know, you said you're going to teach us the last part and you did. Um, but I'm curious how the other tribes sing it and why. So we're going to go learn from everybody. I um, mean, that's what we did. So for over 30 years, we went and learned from every man and woman that knew it. And then we offered our own money um, to say, hey, if you had any tapes, we want to preserve it for your family. Um, some of them were daughters. Some of them were aunts. Some of them were nieces. Some of them were cousins. Um and we just saved every singer that we could find from 1950 on and save it for those those people's families. And because of that, we got to listen to the, trans, the, the transcribing of it. And so I wrote down every version. I used technology. I used software to slow it down, reverb it. You know, were they using an A versus an O at the end? Were they saying a whim um, versus a qui? you know? So I used technology to slow it, clear it up so I could hear what they were actually saying because the rule then was you couldn't change the song. That's one thing they were not going to do because they believed they would not get home. So so right. time on our side worked for us because you know America didn't get here until 1776, but they really didn't get to California until like 1850 because of gold. So our song stayed preserved pretty good before the missions, right? And then when the yep. missions happened, you know, all the tribes started sharing songs. So that's why you have bird songs at a lot of different tribes, because that a lot of the songs started being shared. And that's how the powwows formed. Right. Um, oh. So. So that's that's what that's why, you know, we we wanted to create this this library from our point of perspective so that we can have those conversations with those that are interested. And speaking of library when you're talking about going to the different family members, didn't you like come across some recordings by accident or something? I did. I was at the university of Indiana and I was working with an amazing group there. Um, and, and that's what, I, that's my message today to all the tribes is there's so much of your knowledge out there in universities that you should spend the time going through them because they're just sitting in boxes, not digitized or archived. So how do you do that? Like, can you just ask? You just you just do it. So I called, you know, their <laughs> archives and you know said, Hey, do you have a catalog of what you have? And they're like, Yes, everything's not there. I said, Well, can you send me what's not published? You know, and, and the truth of it is it's some 21-year-old or 25-year-old student who's doing the best that they can to look at that box, go through it, and sign it. Cause I remember doing that in my master's degree where sure. I did it for Kearney, Kearney in San Diego, this historic museum. And they had all these boxes and it was volunteer work for us to archive all the pictures, you know, and, oh, wow. and what if I made a mistake? What if I yeah. wrote this Human house error. versus that house, you know? So yeah. the data is <laughs> only as good as we say it is. So yes. I asked one of the kids, I said, Hey, you know, is there anything, um, what does Mojave say there? Cause remember the was for me, right? Not eat by. So 
And he goes, oh, there's nothing Mojave here. And I said, well, try Amakav, Amakavi. You know, that's that's how they call themselves. And he goes, yeah, there is here. And he goes, something about a quack? I said, yeah, that's how you say deer in my language. He goes, oh, well, there's 121 songs here written in oh Mojave and in English translated. I said, <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. So, so he's kind of labeled so, wrong, it sounds like. Without a doubt. So, Oh, my I, gosh. At this time, I go to my wife and I say, I said, hey, you know, I started with just bird songs, but all these song cycles I'm finding that I thought we lost, I'm finding. <laughs> uh, I haven't found anything yet on bird, but, and that was the wild thing. So all these song cycles I found, spent my own money to take it from, some of them were on wax cylinders, you know, wax cylinders to um, to sound, sound to tape, tape to digital. And then um, I was on a quest. So I would look up, okay, so this is this is a singer from the Drennan family. Let me go find the Drennan family. Went and found their family. The grandkids said, hey, this is your great, great, your great uncle. He had a That's song. That's amazing. They're like, and they're like, we knew oh. he recorded it. We just didn't know where it was. So I did that for like t- almost 15 years. And because oh of that, gosh. people, you know, my, at this point, my teachers passed and people knew I knew the songs and they didn't know I knew the songs because I, I went into it very incognito. I wanted to be a yeah. master of nothing. But unfortunately, when my teacher passed, they all got to know that I knew it because their family asked for me to sing for him. And I did it like it was breathing. Wow. Um, what an honor. And because of that, the family started to open and say, hey, I had a tape of this. I have a tape of that. I have a tape of this. Um, some were like, hey, I don't I don't want anyone to know, but here's here's the tapes that I have. And the the wild part is, I got to hear every singer from 1970 on. And then all the universities had singers from 1900 on. So I got to listen to every singer we've ever had from 1900 on. But it's so it's sitting in different pieces in different universities. And the issue now we have is digital sovereignty, right? So f- let me give you an example. I'm from San Pasquale. I sing. But if I go to your tribe and teach your daughter the songs who owns them your tribe well that's the way the world sees it right that's not the way us cultural old way see it it belongs to the creator Mm. and it belongs to the people but america is gonna go no that's digital copyright you can't have access to that you must get permission from that tribe so right right that's where the new way so that's why i said you know what I'm not going to deal with that politics. My tribe or any tribe is not going to own anything because that's not our way. Right. I'm going to record my voice. I'm going to give it to free for any tribe, any country, any university who wants to study it. Because now with AI coming, you know, I'd be curious to see what symbols these songs form, you know, mm-hmm. with, with sand and sound. Um, and with AI, you cannot put my language in there for it to learn and let it figure out what the song is saying based upon the sound so i'm just creating data you know and that's my background my background is data is i want to create more data for people that are coming so they can unlock the secrets once they know the language fantastic yeah you know this is when you're talking about the the labeling incorrectly which again it's not everyone knows everything about every tribe there's no way that this student probably who was labeling could have known but this is really a lesson to all of us when we are trying to preserve information just label it properly folks (laughs) Uh, Mm -hmm. from one preservationist to another Um, so something you mentioned to me once is that these songs shouldn't be kept from future generations and I love that I think that goes along with it should be shared with the world and with others because they are such beautiful songs by the way, listeners, you can check out Chris's website at thehumans.com. That's T-H-E-Y-U-M-A-N-S.com, where you're going to see training and quizzes and curriculum. Um, tell us more about what they can find within those trainings. And I think you even have some information you can present to us. So if you're yeah. listening to this and want to hop on YouTube, y'all, you can see this presentation. That's really, really helpful. Kind of putting, um, some visuals with what, what we're talking about here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, can you see my screen, Rachel? Absolutely. 
So as you guys had heard, like we we have a conundrum. You know, we have our elders who want to teach, um, but how do you teach it in today's format? Um, you know, to learn, you had to go to a funeral. And, you know, unfortunately, not everybody can grow up on a reservation. People have moved because, you know, they had to move to the city for jobs. You have people, you know, 30 years have gone by. They want to come back to the reservation to learn more about who they are. That's what, that's the environment we're creating. So I welcome you all to, you know, visit the website, thehumans.com. Um, so I refer this to as this was my master's project when I got my master's, uh, a human digital library. Uh, the, it's the song cycle that I sing. It's called Tukuk. It's the little bird um, that when the creator passed, gave the songs to Tukuk to teach my people how to be because my people were not being kind, nice. They didn't know how to cry. They didn't have any ceremony. They didn't know how to be. Um, so he left this little bird to teach us that through these songs. Um, so the songs, go ahead. I love that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, and you would, you know, you sometimes think like, well, they talk about the future, you know, <laughs> or they, they talk <laughs> about the past, but we'll find out uh, one day. So right? as they refer to us, it's like the Ipai, Kumyai, Tipai, the people of Baja, Mexico, California, and also Arizona share this with us. Um, I have my clan name, my book, which means King Snake, which we'll, we'll get a bit, we'll get into a little bit earlier. Um, the other piece is, you know, what? why did I choose the human? Um, anyone who's in their 90s today, they're too young to know uh, that all the creation stories are very similar in where we actually came from. So, the you know, a week in May is what we'll say, Newberry Mountain, Spirit Mountain. It's in Arizona. Um, so I chose the human family because we have over 20 different song cycles and we all speak the same language. And before America got here, we were all one family and we all sang for each other and we married each other. Um, we had, you know, different clans and the songs traveled that way. So I chose the human because I wanted to honor Spirit Mountain um, and the why fit there perfect for creation, you know, to, to honor the women as well. Um, so let's talk about like who we are, you know, who are the Ipai, Kumyai, Tipai. Um, so on this screen, you'll see, you know, the original clans. You have the Lich, you have the Kumai, you have Sakur, the Paipai, Kunyeth, um, Mishquish, Dark, my clan, Waipuk, Paipai, Guach, um, all the way from San Diego, all the way to half of Arizona. Uh, this this is a old map from like, um, I want to say 1667 of when they documented what clans were where and what area. Um, so um, a lot of amazing people came here during the 1900s, 1800s, uh, Spear, Constant Dubois. Um, can you imagine, you know, like coming in here when there was no roads or wagons and documenting amazing. this and staying among us for years? Um, so kudos to them. Uh, right. So you're going to see some controversial language, you know, of, you know, what is a Gentile? You know, it means someone who's not baptized. Uh, that's how they refer to us. Uh, so this is the, the documentary way. We are patrilineal, meaning, you know, you take on the name of the, um, the fathers. That's how the clan stayed. Uh, the rule was you couldn't marry your own clan. You had to marry outside your clan. Um, as soon as you did marry someone outside your clan, you became their clan of the male. Um, so, ha, tumai. As you can see, a lot of our clans are named after the animals. And you might be wondering, like, why? Um, in our creation story, uh, all the first people were the animals. You know, they they were the four-legged. Uh, oh. So since they're older and we came after them, that's why that's why we have such a close connection to the land and animals. And we, we look up to them because, like, you kind of look up to your older brother or the sister naturally, you know. Um, so the chop, as you can see, my clan, white book, king snake, the mark. Um, quoth, which means hide. And and what's funny is, you know, if you, um, some of these names turn, you know, Spanish turned into them lower, they just, they end up be called hide. So my name could have been Chris Hyde. So that's how you knew like what clan you came from. Um, you know, Kumai, you know, my language means the high ones. Um, kind of funny because they were short, uh, but no one knows that. Only <laughs> we know that, but, you know, they'll document as the high ones. Um, squish or sly, um, some mean stuff, you know, like they say, lich worthless, um, when wow. black, um, Sakura. Yeah. So we, we didn't want this out there. We wanted to tell you why our clans were 
called that, you know? So that's why we, we created, created the humans.com. So the individual who gets all the credit of who I am, everything that's coming out of my mouth is because of this, this gentleman um, from the Cocoa Nation, Dale Phillips. Dale, Dale Phillips. Okay. So Dale Phillips said to me, a bird song is about the first people. When the creator died, his first children had a ceremony at a week of May. Um, so in my language, um, a means, you know, the rock from the West, the first children did not know any songs, language or ceremonies. So imagine that a world just blank, you know, people start to pass. What do you do? The creator just passed. What do you do? Um, so the first people sent their messenger to go and get my, the creator snake to sing for the creator. This snake had all the knowledge of the universe, including all songs and languages. And when the snake called up into the big house, he um, he was burned in the house. And each of the clans got a piece of the song. The story of the first people is what we sing and what the creator saw when he went home. Each tribe of the humans got a song cycle. So I thought this was the most beautiful thing I ever heard. Um, right? my teacher I told love me that. this. But as we go on and research, well, what did other people say? from 1900 or 1800 you know and they're finding out that they all said the same thing and everything i just told you in this paragraph each song cycle describes and that's why it takes you know you'll hear four to seven days to tell the creation story because it's all in song um, and it's beautiful so let's get a perspective of someone that came here during 1800s um so this is what the university says and a lot of respect for george herzog and his work when he was with us among us to cook, but it'll sound it won't sound like it's from us, you know. So I'm gonna read it as the university would say. You know, the the to cook dance song series number 27 has also <laughs> been taken over from the Yuma. The songs are accompanied by the Gorel. Some of the songs are in Digeno, others in Yuma. The meaning of the latter is unknown. The dance lasts one night. It is for amusement and can be held at any time. The dancers form two rows: the men and men in one, and the women in the other. The row moves towards each other, then go back again. At other times, the dancers go around jumping. Occasionally, an old man may be seen dancing by himself on the side. It is also a song series for dancing and with the gore rattle. The words are digging you. Now, you all heard this interview in the beginning. Where was the the mockingbird singing for the first sunrise? You know, mm. you know it, the songs. It, it doesn't it doesn't give it justice from our cultural no. point of view. But because of George Zerg George Zerg Herzog's work, we're able to, to document where was that song at. And because of him, we now know meanings of certain songs. And that's the cool part. That's the fun part. So like my teacher taught me some songs. Now I can travel back in time during his time and say, hey, I know that song. What did George Herzog write about it? And we were able to match up the stories and be able right. to say, yeah, he was right. He wrote it down correctly. And that's the fun, cool stuff that you know me and my brothers are going through. So the old way to learn is you had to be initiated you had to go, um, you know, there was a kusiai or shame in, in English language. Um, he knew what plants to give you. You know, some of them might be a placebo effect, but they wanted to see who had a spirit helper, who had the heart. They weren't just going to teach you medicine um, to hurt yourself. You know, it's like giving a child a knife. You know, the knife isn't the issue, but the child could hurt itself. But over time, the child can learn how to hunt with the knife or a bow you, you end up teaching and it's just like our medicine and these songs you don't give you know when someone's born you don't teach them death <laughs> you know you teach right. them life first and you grow into it um, um so the way i learned um were through gatherings unconsciously not willingly you know just going to gatherings hearing the songs just as if you would turn on the radio at wicks and when someone died um and as me and my brothers and sisters grew up we just started questioning things like why is our ceremonies at death like that doesn't make any sense and hmm. why can't i go ask another singer or another tribe you know questions about that yeah you know i was being told like it's going to bring death on your family so it didn't fit right you know so we had i had a, i went and talked to my grandpa and i was like hey this is what i'm gonna do because you know i want to know more i need to know more i need to know the why of how it got to um and now it's my journey so i ended up finding out that Around the six nineteen sixties, our last singers that knew the deer songs and the crook songs died, so no one knew it. So they went to the man, 
Jose Robles that sang for my first family member who died. And they said, hey, you know, he was like really young, like between 15 and 21. They said, hey, uh, the elders went to him and said, hey, you're going to sing our, those songs in here. And he's like, no, I don't want to do it. Well, they end up forcing him to do it. And that's how the Shaw songs got into the funerals. And then it was also in the Mojave area in Arizona. They said they took the bird songs into that. And that's how it got here all today. Those two songs are now in there. Um, wow. There are some tribes that are trying to bring the Crook songs. Um, and there are some family songs. Um, but it, it's it's pretty cool to see that you know, tribes are trying to figure out how are they going to bring all this back in a responsible way? Because um, it is medicine. It's not something um, to play with. You know, you, you have to have your heart into it. Um, mm -hmm. You got to be able to have that heart to pick it up. So like what's important to us, you know, what's important to us is how do we describe those pictures so we can tell the world our universe. And you can see on my screen, um, you know, this, our story starts with us. It can make or break the past, present, or future. Um, but I want our kids to know this. I want them to be able to draw it on the sand themselves. And what does it mean? You yeah. know, you've got Hacha, which is Pleiades. You got the mountains, you got a, a Mu, which is Orion. Um, so just be able to pass that knowledge on to them that, you know, our songs talk about that. So like you have um, um, Orion, we have a song about that. You know, we say a Mu. So a Mu, a Quick, a Maya, well, and high a Mu, a Quick, a Maya, well, that's talking about a move coming out you know it's going to come out mm. over these rocks so um that's so cool we're not savage like we knew our you know our our universe yeah. here's another one that talks about you know where catalina island is Hatu, you know what the rattlesnake is in the stars um you know where which mountain is like it's pretty cool that our people save this, even Coronado Island. Um, love it. So what, you know, we've been here for a very long time. They try to say 5,000, 10,000 years. And in the end, they're not going to be able to figure out because our people did cremation, you know, and the mitochondria mRNA, uh, that DNA that comes from women, like you're not going to find our bodies here because we cremated. Just believe us, they're, it's in our songs. Um, so right. we have fire ceremonies. We have a rolling dance with rolling dance with Zapaquir. We have eclipse songs. Um, how do all these songs come to us? We talked about that. You know, Mayaha, we await the the creator snake. He coiled in length around the interior of the enclosure. He commenced in the afternoon and stopped at sundown, meaning he sang. And he told them to make it larger. By midnight, he had completed, filled the enlarged structure. And again, he told them to make it larger. Now remember, the creator died, was dying. So they asked, you know this this snake to come and sing for him hmm. so he filled this then then the wildcat told him to set fire to the enclosure Maha Wewit was burned asunder part flew back to the place he had come from the rest burst into fragments each piece that flew off to the people was a song so they'll say each gentile but each clan received a song chakwar which was speech to be able to talk um chayotai hmm. which is the crook songs when someone dies, we have old up songs, which are when, when you're sad. We have Tatsia, which is Tarata. We have Chuman, uh, which is bird starts to fly. We have a Shloy, uh, which is dance around the fire. We have Dibai, the people song. Um, uh, we have Tokhar. Uh, we have Ishkba. They also got wailing, Wumi. This is how um, they came to the child die, which is the, the our Kuruk songs. The people who had the songs traveled to the north. And then around to the Western Sea, the peoples who acquired the songs were the Kwaha, the Kwachan, Yuma, Tumau, the Charp, Neki, Kawia, Waipok, Lumarp. My own clans from this time, they have been separated peoples. All the bushes are about here are people. Lizards said that they could not live all together. If the clans live here together, they will die off one by one. This is the end. So this is... Um, what everything you know what our teachers shared with us which is you know pretty important and it's pretty cool because like you know you don't hear these stories anymore but when i sing the songs this is what it's saying you know yeah so you picture yeah. this and you're like oh what am i going crazy that's not gonna make sense but then you hear this from the old people you're like 
I get it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Ding, ding, so, ding. So One this is how it was documented. Yeah. Just uh, when you go back to the other slide. Absolutely. Um, can, um, this is one of those tribe native languages that when you look at the spelling, it sounds nothing, almost nothing like what the spelling looks like. Um, which, yes. You know, there are many tribes like that, you know, the Osage, and even the Kiowa and all that Choctaw for me is a lot easier taking the language because it's very um, literal as far as each syllable and pronouncing mm -hmm. the letters almost as they look. And so I imagine learning this language is not the easiest. Um, so kudos no, to y'all it, it is. I'm glad you brought up that point. So, so Rachel, English is one of the most backwards language in the world. <laughs> you know, yeah, there's a rule, but then there's exceptions to the rule. Yeah. So, yeah. so it's one of the first languages. Like if you look at, um, Latin, or this could even go. Um, I can't remember the the spiritual language. It it goes English, German, and then like the Romance wanna, languages, French. Italian. No, even before that. Okay. I want to say it's Latin. I can't remember. I apologize. Um, but if you go where like language were were invented, you know, like Farsi is a very old language. Mm -hmm. Um. I keep saying Latin, but I apologize. I know that's the wrong Just one. Aramaic. Um, I don't know. No, you know the original Bibles that were written in Hebrew and the hymns. Mm -hmm. No, even before that. Either way, um, <laughs> if I maybe remember, somebody can write in and help us. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. Um, but but it, it all you know, German's an old language. Then it, English broke off into that, but. It's the original language of of where you know everyone spoke in that language, but that that's those languages are you know if I say the the dog is red, all languages in the world will describe it as red is the dog. It's a description. So English is the only language that is backwards. I mean, if you look at the standard <laughs> metric, like we're on standard versus the whole world's on metric. Um, so when you're trying to learn indigenous ways through english you have to remember it it's everything's backwards so let me give you an example when i was learning how to count in my language you know i would go to my classes and they would say ahim okay sounds good and they would say ahink this is how you would we like well how do we say one they'll say ahin okay sounds good go to another class they'll say oh it's a hink like well that doesn't make sense why isn't it the same you know, so as I got older and I started researching and getting into dictionaries, um, I saw one dictionary say a hen is another. A hink is to be alone. So it all depends on who you're asking on the perspective, right? They both wow. mean one or a unit of one. Um, so so unfortunately, our language is documented in that way. Um, so thankfully, I got to learn from a lot of the elders of the language and the why behind it. Um but the downfall of that is it's not put in a format of how to teach the language. You know, when my dad, he knows Spanish too. And I asked him, well, why is there a versus an O for man or woman? He just, it's just the way it is. You know, <laughs> he won't say, well, you know, proper way pronunciation, you know, it reflects, you know, he, she versus him, you know, like right. that's not how they, they don't know how to put in that format. So as I was learning the language, those are the notes I was writing down. Thankfully, a lot of my teachers, you know, they went to high school and they wanted to document. So they documented a language very good in the 70s. Um, mm -hmm. So they broke that down, you know, so they would say, you know, um, if you want to say thus, it, it is the sun, you know, anything that says in ya with a hyphen over the E or any hyphen, you drop the hyphen and it becomes becomes quinya. If I said, um, you know, the ha quinyeth, the the coffee. You know, I'm saying water is black, but it becomes a KW because of that hyphen. So how do you teach the kids that, you know, so you <laughs> right. teach the kids that you create those lessons and you say, hello, everybody. Every time you see a hyphen over the E, if you want to say it is the sun or you want to say it is today, you drop the E and it becomes KW when yeah, mm -hmm. but we have to write that down and quiz them. So that's what me and my brothers are bridging and sisters are bridging that gap of the why. Like, why does that word change to that word? You know, yeah. why do you speak to an elder this way? Why do you speak to someone different when they're laying down? Um, let's not worry about, 
you know, how to say what, what, if it's wrong, we'll teach you the phonetic right way. Cause we're going to put it in English phonetics. Right. Smart. Okay. Makes yeah. Sense. So they did their best. So like, if you look here on the screen, you know, big song, like, you know, they're like T C H like, but I know what he's trying to say, you know, child die. Cause that's how you, he put in parentheses, big song. So in my language, they were like, Hey, how'd you say big song? Child die. Child means song and die means big, <laughs> you hmm. know? So they just tried their there best to, they don't speak the language. They just like, okay, how best can I write this in English? Right. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Stay tuned for part two coming up. Thanks for listening to Native Chalk Talk. Be sure to join our community on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Simply search for Native Chalk Talk. That's Native, C-H-O-C-T-A-L-K. And check us out at nativechalktalk.com. Stay tuned for the next episode. You're going to love it. Yakoki. Thank you, my friends.